again we're gonna have to wait for people to start coming in uh we're streaming now and it takes a little bit yeah we'll let people load up into the stream and in the meantime i'll share this page through our facebook and get see if we can get anybody else watching yeah well uh do, 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 do. okay people are in now one guy said not a car first okay here we are uh this is rcr podcast number 22 yes i'm brian i'm nick and i'm ken from steve moyer subaru this is the first time we had a dealership work with us <laughs> like it's only taken four years and five hundred thousand subscribers gee i wonder why no dealership wants anything to do with a poop and fart thing but well, we're How? a bit different of a dealership because we're a small local dealer in Leesport, Pennsylvania, which mm-hmm. is kind of your backyard. Don't yeah. give things away, but... In the Hamburg area. Yeah, yeah. and are. we really do enjoy doing some community outreach. And when you brought Goldie here, it was just natural that we wanted to try to follow up, see how you're doing, see how the car is doing, but also get a chance to talk with local people who live in the area. We do a lot of community outreach and a lot of charity events. Keep talking. So it's kind of nice when I'm able to get a quasi YouTube celebrity in the building. You should have seen some of our service people. For those of you on the chat. Oh, I'm sorry. We're getting getting, uh, complaints about audio levels. Uh Uh, Uh-oh. Hot mic. Oh, my mic is hot. Okay. Uh, Potting myself down about 20%. Mm. Mr. Regular, your audio sounds poor. Uh, hello from Slovenia. Hello. I potted myself hello? down a little bit. Hmm. Mics, all mics are too hot. Huh. Okay. Um, Got heat all around. All right. Potting that down, potting that down, potting Ken down. Yes. All right. Is, okay. Ken is a little, right amount of gains now, a little more. Now they're on a delay. Right. So yeah. So it's so. about a 10 second delay. One guy says, live blogging at New York Auto Show. Uh, no, we're not at the New York Auto Show. No. Hello I mean, from Hazleton. Hey, Hazleton. Uh, sounds good. Smoke a bowl. Sounds a lot better. Wonderful. Excellent. The sound is working now. Nice. I am going to just give a tad down a little bit, down a little bit, down a little bit. Perfect. Okay. Sorry about all the hot mics. Yes. Go isotopes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so. So. So tell, tell the story about how you learned that we were local, like the day I, the day I came in, cause it wasn't initially Subaru related. Well, it was cause I was here, but. Well, you got to keep in mind that you're kind of internet famous. Oh, mm. okay. So go ahead and blush a little bit. All right. Your channel is followed by probably about half of our service center, half of our body shop. Me really? And I yeah. thought it was just you and the one guy who works a park parts desk. No. Oh, Steve, Steve Hill's a fan of yours because he thinks that your humor is funny, and <laughs> also being that this is a family business, you know, poop and pee jokes are <laughs> that bad compared to some of the content that's out there. It's nice that you keep things clean. There's no cursing. We really try to have a very professional family environment here, and so some of what you do on your channel works really well for the way that oh. you present things locally. In oh. fact, if you're able to come out to our car show this October. Yeah, a real flavor of sort of the folks who bring their food trucks out, the local ambassador groups, the Mm -hmm. local enthusiast groups, and how much people bring their kids, pets, and other charities like the Animal Rescue League that we work with. These are all things that we 
sort of get a kick out of and to be able to reinvest in our local community is part of why we do it. So guys like you give us an opportunity to have a little broader reach and it's symbiotic. Oh, if you thanks. have an opportunity to get more free stuff from Subaru because of this, mm-hmm. maybe they'll give you some swag. You never know. Yeah. yeah. We've been trying to get swag from plenty of places. We're still, well, I mean, I was going to say we're still reaching out to Fiber One, but I haven't really been on the ball with getting Fiber One as I should have been because I reached right. out to them and they reached mm-hmm. back out to me and then there was like no follow up on their end. CBS uh, might hook you up with some free school softeners. Mm. <laughs> um, we're saying Ken is a little bit too quiet. I am going to put Ken on maximum. Okay. How Ken, do I just sound, say everybody? Something. Hello, everybody. How's my mic levels? Do Ken I sound is, clear? Ken is on max right now. Um, hmm. I wonder if I'm seeing Ken on my microphones better. They said that's better. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. Okay. All right. So that thing, even without phantom powered, right. I'm, I'm bad as high as the board will go Cool with Ken. Um, I rolled up. Uh, what happened was when I realized that uh, I didn't realize it was uh, Moyer's Car Care in Schuylkill Haven. Different Moyer from Steve Moyer's mm-hmm. Subaru. There's a um, lot of them in this area. It's, it's Pennsylvania. There's a lot of Moyer's. It's a common name. Moyer's, Miller's. Yeah. Stubbs Miller Brothers versus... Construction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You were at Bruce's, right? When you did, is that where you discovered the the rot in the? That was that was at uh, Moyer's Car Care in Schuylkill Haven. Took the car in to get inspected. Uh, my Forester failed inspection Naturally. because of the rust that I wasn't aware of. And they said, Dear, uh, this is pretty bad. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I kind of brushed it off. It's probably nothing. And uh, they said, they, they quoted me a price. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have Bruce look at it. Yeah. And, and then I made the video of myself over Bruce's. And Bruce goes, Brian, I don't want you driving too much on this. Mm-hmm. And... um. And then he showed me the hole in the lower control arm. And I was like, oh, wow. So I was almost ready to junk the car right there. Because like, if this is going to be a $1,000 fix, it's a $5,000 car. So I I drove my Forester back to my garage, um, got in the Falcon, because that's my only other working car. And I drove the Falcon here to go look at, okay, let's see what Forrester, what, the, what do they got in your inventory on a whim in stick shift. And I get in the car with Andy? Yes. Andy Baylor is one of our uh, brand specialists. He's, he's a sales guy who's just helpful as opposed to cutthroat. He knew all about like the transmissions and stuff like that. I think he, does he have an SDI or does he have something? He's else? running a Crosstrek stick shift right now. Okay. He's got, he's got plans to make it an, a Crosstrek STI. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> people in the comments said, this is a really nice table. It is. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful table. Um, um, one guy says, the brain specialist says, it's weird how professional this looks. Well, thank it's you, nice. Mr. Specialist. We try to keep it real, but also we keep it clean, too. It's a nice dealership, and we try to make sure it stays that way. We are, we are in uh, the conference room of, yeah. the, of Steve Moore for people who are just joining us. Yeah. So I drive up in the Falcon. I park it out front. And the Falcon is, is a good secret weapon when I go to dealerships that, okay, I'm arriving in a classic car. This guy probably knows more than two things. And... I never once, well, 
later that day, I got the wait right here. We'll be right back. Um, really? Well, I'll, yeah, we'll, I, leave, we'll, we'll table that. We'll, yeah, we won't. I won't <laughs> call out which which place that was. But I will say that I asked a few questions about RAV4s. Okay. Mm. And uh, <laughs> at manual transmissions. And the guy told me to wait at his desk. And I didn't. And I just sort of half followed him around. And I see him looking at the trifold pamphlet that you hand to a customer. Just trying to figure out if Rav Four is coming stick shift. There's new people at all jobs everywhere. Yeah. Let's let's cut that guy some slack. He might okay. have been first day. Okay. All right, here's a question that I always wanted to ask, and it's only because of the Goldie story that I've heard before. You mentioned how you didn't want to necessarily spend a thousand dollars on a five thousand dollar car, and I'm trying to figure out what, where the cutoff is in terms of. Okay, so. Betty, my car cost me forty four. Mm-hmm. So pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. You got a Mustang for under five grand. Yeah, and and that's because I I kind of like poked him down and got like, I think I got like one hundred fifty knocked off, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. isn't really, but but whatever. Uh, it helps. Yeah, it's helped me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I forget. Oh, what was wrong with it that first year that I ended up paying like six hundred dollars to get fixed? Oh, I, took I don't it, remember this. I took it two different places. And the cheapest one, they were like, eh, $600. Because I... Was the engine getting hot? Was it that thing? Yeah. Well, remember, I was having, like, the steam and everything oh, shooting up. And seriously? You need a new radiator? Um, Gaskets on there. Yeah. Head. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was... I, I got to pull it... I'm pretty sure it's in my glove box still. Just the old uh, workup that I never decided to get rid of because my glove box is full of crap. But um, thankfully, like, I don't get pulled over to have to pull out all my stuff I'm like oh well let, wait I'm looking for my insurance right now but they just assume you don't have any no, but it was one of those things of like when I got it it was kind of a, this harsh introduction of well this is what it's like when you have a car in your own name now mm. you know that you're not because you know I've been broke pretty much all my life and so the idea that I could afford anything that I would want to drive was kind of insane to me, but also the idea that, all right, now there's already something wrong with it. And thankfully, I haven't had any other real problems with it since. Like when it went in for inspection, I had to get a new belt. But other than that, you know. Uh, uh, one of the guys in the chat, what you're describing says, likely intake manifold gasket. Mm. Like if you're get if it's getting hot, but not overheating, well, you no, had, you no had it steam. was it was overheating. Oh, yeah, I was oh. having like the 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 thing was all the way over to hot, and yeah. I was like, "Well, why is it?" I've literally been driving this thing for five minutes, and oh. I remember I, a friend of mine, his car broke down. He's like, "Can you give me a jump?" And so I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'll get out my jumper cables." And we go to lift the hood, and it's just like, Ooh. like just everything coming out. I'm like, "Okay, I think." We we were both in trouble here. It was literally like two weeks after I got this car. Oh man, yeah. But well, it was like that with Sally. Yeah. Um, remember, uh, oh, what's what's my bit on Sally? Like after I bought it, realizing the previous owner was William Howard Taft. Oh yeah, and <laughs> just like the car. It was a 2007 Honda Fit, and the car for people who are looking this on the on the chat. The driver's side, you park it on a level parking lot mm-hmm. and look at it, the driver's side is a little bit lower. And I'm like, how the hell do you compress springs? Yeah, like this, that's a 400 pound human being. being in there. I mean, 
the um did you ever replace the seat the driver's seat what i no what i did was i took <laughs> I, I unzipped it pulled the cover off cut up an old boogie board and ah. shoved it between the springs and the seat <laughs> strategically putting lumbar support back in this thing and that got me through like three years with that car and when he resold it it was custom upholstery <laughs> that car leaked water because we found out that there was there was a lot of uh that was the mid two thousands was Honda's senioritis period. Yeah. Mm. They were just throwing them together. They had leaking problems, and yeah. Well, if we're gonna let's let's actually digress a little bit on mid two thousands cars and leaking problems. Yeah, and it's not just Hondas, Subarus, Toyotas, and every Japanese car. It was because, and I'm sure we'll get somebody will correct me in the comments, but porous seam sealer materials manufactured in the late nineties that were the the things that the manufacturer said, yes, we'll work with those. Mm -hmm. And by like, Oh, four, they were having problems with all those mid nineties to late nineties gen cars because the mm -hmm. seam sealer wasn't designed to last more than a decade. Mm -hmm. And so all the manufacturers bought all the seam sealer from like a couple different suppliers. And then everybody's cars that were built in Japan got rust in the wheel wells and rust mm -hmm. in all the bodywork because the water just saturated and stayed in the seal rather than flowing out. And it was almost every car company out of Japan in the late 90s and into 2000s started just rotting out. Hmm. I think it was due to porous seam sealer. Hmm. Hmm. But I'm sure somebody in the comments can correct me on that. Well, yeah. it's coming right from the video Tony at Bruce Hen, who just uh, is no longer working there. Huh. Uh, he got an offer from Penske. So oh, he's right. going to go work for Penske. That's, that's uh, good money. Yeah. I can't fault him. Uh, for people, is Penske nationwide or is that kind of an East Coast? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, uh, my Subaru is oh, the last Somebody's car. got an 06 Volvo S40 and missed it up when it rains. Um, mm. Yeah. Check those seals, Will the Plank. That, that's a pretty easy, inexpensive replacement. It missed it up inside it rains, like inside the car. I'm assuming so. Uh, yeah, that'd be door that'd be door seal gaskets and things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe firewall gaskets, little plugs on the inside of the engine bay for moisture getting up. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm not a service guy. I do marketing here. I'm just <laughs> a car enthusiast. Well, you know your stuff because you drive a BRZ. Yes. And I have one of the little unicorn hyper blue ones. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, I'll tell you guys a short story about my BRZ. Okay. Uh, I was recently rear-ended. When? Not this past Friday, but the Friday before oh, that. Oh, man. You know how 61 South goes down towards Reading, but you can take that right onto Route 12? Yep. And it's got that really crap yield sign yeah. where it's maybe like a 10-foot merge. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there watching traffic blow by on my left shoulder, waiting for my opportunity to get out. And some guy bumps into me, uh, who was bumped into by another guy, uh, who was bumped into by a fourth guy. Ugh. So I get out, you know, we pull over on the shoulder and I'm just like, everybody okay? Like I wasn't hit very hard and I've just got minor scuffs on the bumper, but I promise that there is mm. damage beneath that. Uh. Now I've already worked with my insurance company, all of their insurance companies, nobody was angry. And the reason I want to bring this up is because this was almost the calmest four car pileup I've ever been witness to. And I huh. was part of it. Oh, hmm. Nobody yelled, nobody pitched a fit, nobody was injured. We all exchanged. Oh, good information and all four cars were drivable away from the scene good and so now i'm just following up with it but this is in three years of owning my brz the fourth insurance claim on it Ooh. yeah this car is not worth anything to anybody but me and that's okay because i love it yeah it's one of the hyper blues and yeah. it's my baby and 
which which sort of brings me back to the question because I realized I never actually asked the question. Oh, all right, so what's the cutoff? Say I had like my car is forty four hundred. So mm-hmm. at what point do you say that's too much? You know, because you were mentioning how a thousand dollars on a five thousand dollar car might as well junk it. Well, it's, but what I'm doing in my head is saying, okay. Thank you, Sam. I'm just looking at the comments. What did Hyper Sam Blue say? debut at Wicked Big Meat. <laughs> yeah, I I saw mine. At, I saw it debut at Boxer Fest, mm-hmm. and back in a yeah, I got one. <laughs> do they still? Do they? St- is Hyper Blue a color that they only did for a few years? It was only available 15 and 16 on the. Uh, they did 500 STIs, 500 BRZs, and however many thousand cross treks in hyper blue and that was really it. yeah um. and i loved it as a color it reminded me of things but uh nick had a really useful question about thousand dollars on a five thousand dollar car is literally just timing belt services for yeah so it's an opinion man if you ask me and i have a 150 dollar 1998 subaru legacy outback with 350,000 <laughs> miles on it that won't die if you asked me to put a thousand dollars into that i'd laugh at you mm-hmm. yeah but if I had a $5,000 car and I adored it, yeah. $1,000 might just be the required thing to keep it running that year. Mm-hmm. Someday my BRZ is going to be completely worthless and everybody's going to be driving around in electric pods and I will still spend $1,000 <laughs> to keep that thing running for a year. Uh, I'm pretty sure the average statistic is that most people between oil changes, tires, and general maintenance on a car spend between 800 to 1200 or yeah, 800 to 1200 a year on running expenses on the average old car. Mm, yeah. And we're talking like 15 plus year old car. We're not talking modern within five years. Mm. My counterpoint to that is, okay, um, I, with the exception of the Falcon, I'm not very attached to vehicles. I'm like, the daily is a daily is a daily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the thing that I drive around. And what do we got here going on in the chat? Can't see Mr. Regular's feet. Corey? Oh. Because we're always yeah. The, uh, oh yeah, back home you guys have the couch. couch. Setup, yeah, <laughs> and I don't wear shoes, shoes or socks when I'm at home. So, <laughs> just I have wide feet. I can only wear New Balance. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. With with uh, would you spend a thousand dollars to keep the Falcon running for an extra year? Hell yeah, the Falcon is beyond a car now. Because it's it's, 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 it's a it's a person. Right. It's it's anthropomorphized. That was a m- month of videos where we you you like nothing else but Operation Vagabond Falcon, yeah. Yeah. and that's a whole month of content. And when you factor in, you know, the value of what a month of oh yeah like, it could be our our revenue for those months dropped in half yeah thanks for sticking that through without sticking it through me <laughs> sticking it out with me uh just to get that card done oh absolutely i think would i spend another thousand like if something happened on the uh forester now that it needed another thousand dollars worth of work like the the head gasket that's in it's now which hopefully is a good one mm-hmm. that they put in <laughs> You know that was done at a hundred thousand. It's a hundred and seventy thousand now. Should be fine. It um, right. Would it go again at twelve at two hundred thousand? Would I want to repair that? And the answer is, because in my head I'm already thinking. Uh, Ken and I talked about this before. I had a taste of what the Forester XT is, and a guy let me drive it. Now this guy had an STI intercooler, and Cobb, of course. Mm-hmm. I forget what tune. Probably stage one or two. That's standard. And, oh, 
this thing moves. Yeah. And he said originally once when he did the tune on his Forester, um, it was faster than his. I think he had like an O six WRX, and his uh, Forester was faster. Because what the WRX is a two liter. It is now, but back then it still had the two point five. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. It wasn't until fourteen that they did the two liter block. Oh. Huh. Must have been. Uh, he probably did injectors too. Probably. Yeah. And, oh, and he, yeah, he did uh, intercooler injectors, uh, STI turbo or whatever turbo mm -hmm. that was using, and then the tune on top of that. Yeah. Once he remaps that, that's an easy extra sixty horsepower <laughs> to the crank. <laughs> And the inside of the engine should be able to handle it, mostly. Yeah. The the thing that usually gets people is when they don't listen to their car. Mm. They force the computer to do something that the car doesn't like, and then they just rag on it, and things grenade inside, and mm. it doesn't matter what car you have. If you treat it badly, yeah. things can break. I've seen too many people with too many nice cars that they don't care about in my lifetime, and I just go, oh, poor car. But, you know, they're still... Their car, their canvas. Right, and their cash. Yeah. Uh, this guy, I, forgive me, I can't forget your name. Uh, he was all the way up in Danville. What do we got? After owning an EJ255? Yeah. What, what's, it's a 2.5. It's the it's the standard engine that was back in the Legacy GT. So it was also in the, boy, that was in everything. That was in the Outback. That was in all of them. But Legacy GT, it's not worth keeping unless neediest vehicle keep it bone stock yeah i mean i would look if i had a legacy gt or a old legacy b spec i'd keep it stock too they run mm -hmm. great and get an 80s xt yeah good luck finding one of those that was the two-door little sports car yeah, yeah, yeah. a wedge yeah yeah will yeah. the plank makes a good point saying that people forget preventative maintenance all yeah. the time mm -hmm. yeah it's so like one of the things that this guy told me about about the like there's two i didn't know that there was two versions of the forester xt within the uh, second generation, and they changed significantly pre facelift, post facelift. The pre facelift one was, was that was when Subaru was like, "We're gonna have variable valve timing like everybody else. Let's have these little oil tubes." And he told me the big thing was there was these little plastic uh, um, uh, screens inside the banjo bolts, banjo bolt, banjo bolts as they went in. And the technical service manual said you're just supposed to throw those out because they get clogged. And then your timing is off, and and the and the variable valve timing doesn't work, Whoa. and then that creates valve not valve float but something else, and that's how the first the pre facelift Forester XTs, you have to take those banjo boats out, and if there's screens in there, throw them away, oh and then you'll be good. Or you can get the post facelift ones, which don't have variable valve timing, and that's just how they solve that's the problem. That's the one to have. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I would generally avoid the pre-facelift ones just because of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not bad cars, but keep in mind that if you're trying to modify it or work on it yourself, mm -hmm. modern Subarus are so much easier to work on for the average person nowadays with top-mounted oil filters and everything having you know, space in the engine bay to get yeah. man hands inside instead of having to burn your wrists on an engine manifold going up from underneath. Yeah. In the late 90s, early 2000s ones. Let's talk about that because now Subaru has the world platform. Yes. Yeah. So it's a different chassis and it's similar dimensions, but they removed most of the 90 degree bends. So when you're thinking about structural steel mm -hmm. and you smash it into something and it compresses, that force kind of wobbles down it and then has to disperse somewhere. Mm -hmm. So the less 
hard angles you have, the less that force wobbles and then goes bang and shoots out into the car and into the occupants. Mm -hmm. So if you have sweeping curves, it means that force transfers way smoother around the vehicle. It also means that with a high strength steel, like every car manufacturer uses, Subaru included, it's really, really, really rigid. Mm. The body roll and twist from a side to side aspect has been reduced so much that if it wasn't for the fact that all the wheels have independent suspension with a fair amount of travel to them, mm -hmm. you could probably kick a rear tire off the inside back when <laughs> you're turning on most of the chassis. And with the Crosstrek now being based on that same platform, the 18 Forester or be the last gen Forester to be based on that platform. Um, yeah, it's, it's so much better because they're also planning for space in the future for different drive lines. So you've got a power plant that's petrol or mm -hmm. hybrid or electric it shouldn't make a difference which one you choose in the future because it's still going to fit in the vehicle mm -hmm. and it's still going to give you real-time all-wheel drive because at the end of the day unless you're the only one that subaru still uses that planetary differential is the sti everything else is a combination of mechanical and computer controls now for the differential so it's really easy for the car to shunt power around from wheel to wheel mm -hmm. i mean the new ascent that's coming out is going to weigh like 6,000 plus pounds and yet it's going to be able to tow 5,000 pounds and have all of the comfort and everything of a big car but with little car performance. Uh, now crazy. I'm forgive me and forgive that's, me in the comments that I should yeah. know what the Ascent the is. The seven seater that's coming out in a couple months. Oh. The first time that you can actually get a family sized truck car from Subaru. Hmm. So is it a SUV? Yep. Is it, okay. Full eight passenger if you have the bench seat in the middle or seven if you do captain's chairs. Oh. It's got USB ports for everybody, in-car Wi-Fi, all of that safety stuff that Subaru is now known for with the EyeSight driver package that prevents you from crashing into things. I hope it's not the standard. auto. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, Nick no, is going I, to the I, auto show. I'm not. Yeah, so I'm going to the. You need to sit in it. Yeah. Touch I, the well, thing. I gotta find, it, and I have a strange feeling that it's gonna be in the basement because that's yeah. where they put all the, you know, seven seater just I, monstrosities. Yes, and it's are, gonna be a beautiful display. They had one at the Philadelphia Flower Show, and people could go climb around and so Yeah, Subaru sponsors the Flower Show every oh, year. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Well, keep in mind environmental stuff. We do the Cherry Blossom Festival. Oh, if I didn't it, know if that. If it involves going outside and playing or doing something nature-related, chances are Subaru tries to throw some money behind it to support it because those are the people that buy Subarus. <laughs> Giant novelty checks. Yes. Oh, yeah. For those of you who have been commenting on our background, these are some of our lovely little display items from past events. We've had times that we've done with the Animal Rescue League. Oh, yes. I Better mic. That should have been the thing I should have thought oh, about first. Why is this yeah. mic so quiet? Oh, hike up on it. There we go. I didn't even realize when you mentioned because the Subaru loves. Oh, look, sorry. The Subaru loves pets thing. I didn't even realize it's actually like a cutout of a doghouse. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and then it, I was able to just superimpose people's names right onto the little blank part so that you could take a picture with your dog. We we got a five thousand dollar grant for the Animal Rescue League last year to do. Uh, two adoption weekends so we paid hmm. for everybody's adoption fees and taxes oh so you just had to come out during one of the weekends and you know pass the paperwork in and then we paid for the dogs behold okay. a dog <laughs> yeah I, I mean think about how cool that would be if like you were a kid and your parents were like no no we can't afford a dog i'm sorry we can't afford a dog and then all of a sudden you see this thing on the internet that says hey we're we're covering the cost of the dog i mean that's come, kind of how one 
that's kind of how you make a Subaru person for life. Like yeah. you get them young. It's almost, <laughs> well, I mean, to make it sound sinister, but I mean, you inspire, yeah. if you do something like that, it can inspire loyalty yes. to, in people, you know? I'm um, a product of that myself. I mean, I've been driving, I think I'm on, the BRZ is Subaru number five for me. Ah. At one point I had three, four, and five sitting in my driveway <laughs> at the same time. And my wife was like, are you just collecting them now? And I was like, no, no, I'll, I'll get rid of one of them. Yeah, but all the parts from one fit into another. And that's <laughs> if only one was. Oh, really? Yeah, one was '98. One was an '06 uh, oh. Outback Sport, and then the '16 BRZ. I tend to get ten-year cars apart. Okay. I keep them until they really, really fall apart. So, with the new World platform, now there's a new engine, and yes, where Subaru has direct injection yes. now. And okay, so the and base it, one, we can talk about the Impreza that you or rather Steve Moore loaned me for a, generously for a few days. Sure. Complimentary um, loaner cars if you come for service. <laughs> we it, it was it was an Impreza with an automatic and I can it was so nice that uh when it comes time to review not maybe not that one when we do film it but mm -hmm. an Impreza like it sure. that I was it was the first time I was able to have a car for more than one day and actually get my thoughts down. So it's going to be way more in depth than your than your average thing, or rather, I can be more accurate. And um, oh, the torque dip. Hang on, I'm just going to interrupt real quick. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I can answer this. Yeah. Um, who's who's talking? Uh, Jacob Shapiro, the BRZ guy, knows how to get rid of the torque dip. No, that's actually my answer to you. If you want to change your engine and you want to remap it, you're going to end up doing forced induction, some form of boost. Uh, that torque dip is there almost by design because that's where you're going to have a little more relaxation when you're sitting and driving at about 4K. My BRZ very rarely gets below 4K. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually between five and a half and seven, just zipping around on the back roads like an idiot. Um, see, the thing is, it's only for driving for fun. It's a car made to be giggly. If you want it to go faster and you want to get rid of the torque dip, no. You put a supercharger on it, put a I mean the the fuel the fuel pump is designed to push three thousand PSI, so you should be okay not upgrading that. The injectors should be okay. But yeah, and cooling, high flow exhaust, maybe some long tube headers. But you gotta tell the car it's got all that extra airflow or else it's gonna stay restricted because of the map on the car again. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's why. Oh, but oh, I got a short ram intake, and it does crap because. Man, what's it doing? Yeah, it's doing nothing. Unless your car knows it's got it, it doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah. Also, for everybody out there who wants to hate on the BRZ, hate on. It's a joy car. Mm -hmm. It's like a Miata. It makes you feel joy. Yeah. It doesn't make you. Actually, it blows through tires pretty good if you turn off traction control. <laughs> it's not like it's not like you're gonna do standing quarter miles and wreck people. You're not gonna show off. I have old women in Camaros pull up to me and be like, look at that. And I'll go, no, no, honey, yours is much faster, please. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Somebody in a Hartga BMW SUV smoked <laughs> me in a straight line. Like, yeah, it's embarrassing, but I love it. This one is guys claiming E85 and a tune kills the dip. Well, the tune the is The tune. Yeah, the tune will kill it. And yeah. you're going to want to put different injectors in to handle the E85 and different um, fuel lines. You don't want to rot your fuel lines out. Mr. Regular doesn't know shit about cars. His voice sounds rougher than rubbing a piece of paper of granite on cheese grater. He's the game grumps of car reviewers. I'm an English major masquerading as a car reviewer. You should know this by now. I got to say, though, I like his name. 
Anakin Sky Cancer. <laughs> yeah, it is good. Shout out for the name. Yeah. Hate on Troll, but that's a yeah. good name. BRZ yeah. greater than GT86. They're the same car. Same mm-hmm. car. Same car, same factory, same robots. Mm-hmm. So we now have uh, we now have direct injection on the base models with double cams, mm-hmm. and um, they all have the multi-layer head gaskets now. Yes. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> look for everybody out there who wants to give Subaru a hard time. Just know that they do own up to all of the different component failures in the past and they do warranty them and they do recalls on them. And they're very generous about it. You just have to actually talk to your local service centers and talk to your local dealers and be a nice human being. And Subaru generally tends to be nice back to you. We took care of his 14 year old Forester under recall. I think they did both of the control. They arms, did. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just because we want you to be safe. Yeah. there's there's no point again not to sound on brand and hokey but <laughs> think about it this way if our customers survive they buy more cars <laughs> you, you don't see a lot of people having really bad subaru accidents or if they do have a bad one they're usually generally okay yeah and so if you've ever wrecked a car or been in a major accident you know how traumatic it can be and to avoid that or have a minor fender bender as opposed to a big one it really matters. And that safety first mentality is what they do. Well, that's literally Subaru's ad campaign right now. Yeah. The national one yeah. of, you know, you hand it down to your kid and then it's the kid calling their parent to say, like, I'm in an accident, blah, 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 blah. It's like the only thing that matters is that you're OK. And the brand is selling the notion that, like, we got you. Yes. Like, we, 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 you know, just come to us for safety. You know, yeah, you'll probably get smoked by a bimmer or whatever, mm-hmm. but you no, know, who cares? Well, that's where you have to prioritize what you want in life. Because, I mean, you made a really good point, Brian, about the fact that the engine and the build quality is much improved on this generation of Impreza, especially on the new global platform. But that's because we're building cars for North America in Indiana. Mm. Lafayette, Indiana, the Subaru plant there employs a ton of people. And it's one of the first environmentally friendly car plants um, in the country. And I think they have a stellar recycling to, you know, waste ratio. But it means that the new Impreza, the new Crosstrek, the new Ascent, the Outback and Legacy are all built in Indiana. Yeah. And so you've got actual Americans taking the time to put cars together for other Americans. And it matters. It matters yeah, to people. That's the way the uh, I did a lot of highway in the loaner car you gave me. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, for people who are wondering, it's a two as a two liter double cam direct injection flat four, and um, uh, I think all torque converter automatics are gone now. Is it all CVTs now in the lineup? And I understand it. I think if you're going to give someone a car just for daily driving we make fun of CVTs. Again, it starts with Subaru again with a Justy back in like the late seventies or something like that. Their early yes. CVT that they made. <laughs> the they were like, what the crap is this? <laughs> so, so CVT's got a bad rap, but now, um, but now they're not using, they're using metal bands. Footsie. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, it's a full, it's a full steel chain. There's no more. It's not a rubber belt anymore. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, but you're yeah. absolutely right. And what that allowed to do now, I I like the car, but 
I'm going to be honest, I was, well, I was bored because I'm like, I need a stick shift here. But at the same time, I felt sick because I know that, well, I, I read up on the, um, the 2018 Impreza and the CVT automatic gets better gas mileage than the manual. Yes. Um, if I had the manual, I'd be having more fun. I'd be getting like three less miles per gallon. What's the phrase? Smiles per gallon versus miles per gallon. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to uh, the dude in blue. Yep. I, I don't know if he coined that or something else. Yeah, he. I think he popularized it. Yeah. I don't know if he... <laughs> so, but the interesting thing about the CVT and the gear ratios of the Impreza automatic is that I'm going 70 miles an hour on there is parts up there where it's 70 miles an hour mm -hmm. um on our highways in pa now thank goodness and i'm turning two grand at 70 mm -hmm. and um my mileage i'm i averaged when i was careful um and then toward the end of the loner period i started playing with the car and then my mileage went down but i'm driving a subaru and i'm getting 35 miles per gallon that's never happened before and that's acceptable for everybody. And what I think, what, what are we reading <laughs> here? Lockhart, the most recent comment, just giving you your own little shout out about eating half a bag of plums when you did a Baja or you did the brat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a brat. I ate half a bag of plums and tried to do that. And I, and I immediately- Nature's laxative. <laughs> How do you get through half a bag of plums? They're so sweet and juicy. They, they, they really are. But see, what I what happens to me is I get stuck on the pit and I just spend like an hour enjoying the pit, like rolling it around in there. Oh, these were dried plums. These were prunes. Oh, oh. So they're cut, they're oh, popping okay. out of that bag. Yeah, they're just, just like um, giant raisins. Yeah. Oh man, that's like just, you're in the <laughs> can for hours. And uh, what I took away, like the overarching theme you're going to see on the review is that um, for most of the 90s and early 2000s, uh, Subaru was preaching to the pulpit. Um, th they were they were only speaking with their car designs to their people were weird cars for weird people and then there was that really good jalopnik article last week how in the 70s and early 80s they just sidestepped the bad reviews of the 360 yeah and targeted markets where consumer reports didn't have nothing matter. so like well that's all in new england and the pacific northwest let's just hardcore just plop them down here and it worked yeah and so they got Vermont on lockdown. Yes. <laughs> I have a question in the comment that is, um, and I think this is for Ken, but I don't know why he would necessarily be expected to know, but uh, is the Subaru Baja pickup still happening? Oh, it's happening, but it's not available for sale as a new vehicle. Huh. They're, they're uh, maybe I'm misinterpreting your question. Is it? Are they bringing back uh, a ute? I think is what he's asking. Oh, the answer to that is not to my knowledge, but I saw recently somebody did like a graphic design of the front end of an ascent and the back end of a truck, and it was like perfect. I would I would give them my money for that. What'll happen is it, it it'll be the Baja over all over again. People will laugh at it. This is stupid. And then ten years later, oh, Baja's the recent amazing. There was this guy. Such a good car. There was this guy in my neighborhood. We talked about this before. Um, it showed up on Craigslist and was sold by the end of the day. Yeah. It was a black Baja with some sort of like weird dealer trim on the side. Um, it, it was black. It was black on red or, or uh, red on black should have been. 
Um, it's like black with like red trim, like 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 a accent or pinstriping or something like that. And it had two hundred and ninety-seven thousand miles on the body. I think a hundred thousand miles on the engine. And asking price two grand. Mint. Pop. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. And I knew the guy because he does paint, which made me wonder. The wheels were bright red. I wonder if he powder coated them or did something. To oh. my knowledge, Bajas were kind of. I've never seen that sort of paint thing. I, I'm thinking it, it was a black one that maybe a dealer put some sort of pinstriping on. Probably. And then the paint guy just made the wheels to match the pinstriping. It was very. It was. That's a, a nice bit, look, though. Yeah, it was manual, black leather interior. Oh, a good one. Um, and it, it was. I'm like, shit. I should just buy that and flip them fuck out of that thing you could sell <laughs> that for 10 tail the hell out of that engine and uh but, but that, that also speaks to the enthusiasm of people there's it does i, I saw somebody ask uh it was way up in the comments but mm -hmm. he said all this talk about subaru is a little shout out to the honda crv i'd like to just say that it doesn't really matter which car brand you prefer i personally tend to like subarus because my personal experiences with them have been largely positive mm -hmm. if you dig your mustang power to you it's a cool car yesterday you know it's like you can't my wife is a honda girl and no matter what i try to do she loves her hondas there if you like a product and you stand by it and it stands by you look that's that's what matters man if you can go to a place of business and deal with the people there who will support you and you know back the thing they sell mm -hmm. that's the important bit yeah not which brand it is right we just happen to sell a really kick-ass brand of car yeah yeah, yesterday I was getting out of uh, Pacific Rim Uprising with my nephew. How was it? Oh, uh, it's good. You know, it's if you just like seeing as good as the first one. Mm, no, okay. but <laughs> it's 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 still fun popcorn oh, yeah. enjoyment and Love pretty popcorns. short too. Like it doesn't make much demand on your time. But basically, when we were coming out, uh, a teenager said, "Hey, I love your car," and this happened this is the fourth time this has happened since i got the car and w three years ago or so and basically the only people who ever do this are teenagers it's always and now i don't know for a fact that this guy was a teenager but he was like kind of young he was wearing shorts in you know 47 degree weather and it looked like he just got out of like a jv type mm -hmm. thing uh but he had facial hair the, the long story short is just that you know, he's like, oh, man, I love Mustangs and everything. And this is this is the kind of like enthusiasm for Mustangs that I don't really see anywhere else but in young people, because it kind of like reminds me of myself, because now people are kind yeah. of. You know they're they're into the whole meme of yeah Mustangs are killing everybody, and also the redesign the Mustang is super angry looking now. I and like the front end. I think it looks. I like it. I like an angry looking Mustang. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I love my Mustang. It's it's just you know, I don't know. They did a, they did a grabber blue Mustang in the seventies that uh, was one of my all time favorite paint schemes. Is that early Boss three hundred two? Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I. Part of why I have the Hyper Blue BRZ is because <laughs> Bugatti's 1920s racing blue and Mustang's grabber blue. Uh, there's Since I was a kid looking at different cars, I joked that I'm going to have a little bright blue sports car. <laughs> and not like World Rally blue, although I do like that as a color, but we're talking like powder smurf duck egg blue. <laughs> the ridiculous color that it is. I love it. Speaking of BRZs, I didn't see the white one with the wing on it. Oh, yeah. Tom Did bought it. Who bought it? Kid named Tom Lenker. He's a local Subaru enthusiast. Had a blue 
uh, had a World Rally Blue BRZ that he traded in. Yeah. Drove it home in a snowstorm. I saw him. On the side I of the road. I saw him. It, right? Yes, I saw him at the top. I like. I, um, when I dropped He's off. He's a madman. That kid's when, so cool. When I dropped off uh, um, uh, Goldie to get welded up at Bruce Hen, one of the mechanics was driving me back home because yeah. he lives on the way, or I'm on the way. Uh, by the way, he drives a Silverado with a tune on it with 1,000 foot-pounds of torque. Oh, that's this epic. It, it, it is a diesel. Bar. He, he bought the car from this TV show like called... Holly uh, Slicks or something to put that type of power down? Uh, it's it? pretty wide wheels, okay. and he says they are off-road reels, but he noticed this, this thing with wheels that wide in snow, it, it tends to float. Yeah, you track. Um, he bought it from the show called Diesel Brothers... I don't, I don't know the show. Maybe people okay. in the comments know who Diesel Brothers sure. are, but he bought it from that show. Anyway, so he like tuned it further, yeah. to, put it on the dyno. It's a thousand foot pounds of work. But we're, we're cresting the hell on 61 going down toward Deer Lake where Deer Lake Auto is. And we see this BRZ with this wing on the back. It's over on the side of the road in the snow. The snow's up to the lip. I'm like, look at this asshole. Wait a minute. I know that car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, no way. Someone bought it that day mm -hmm. and was driving it home. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, man, should we help? Or <laughs> we just kept going. He's, he's fantastic. Did he make it home? I believe so. Okay. I, from what I heard, he did not damage the car. Huh. Okay, good. His brother was with him and I believe pushed most of the way up 61. Now, it's a good thing that car only weighs 2,800 pounds with him in it probably. Yeah. But yeah, he I, could he couldn't wait a day. I think we would have even have given him a loaner just to take it home, come back the next day with your right. paperwork's all done, just come back with the loaner and get your car. Yeah, I do understand his joy though. Mm. I really truly do. That that TS is it's about as nice as a BRZ can get before you do any engine work to it. For people in the chat, explain explain what the B, uh, BRZ TS is. For 2018 Subaru's STI division, the folks at Subaru Technica International who do all the STI cars, went through the BRZ and heavily modified the suspension. They put active, um, a rear, the rear wing is an actual active working aerodynamic piece. It's adjustable so you can change the rake angle. It's made of dry carbon. The um, engine now has an aluminum powder-coated manifold instead of the plastic one like mine had. The brakes were done by Brembo and they put 19-inch wheels on it to accommodate that. All the damping and front suspension and rear suspension was heavily, heavily adjusted to give you better contact patches for longer periods of time. So when you're really thrashing the car, you stay planted longer and less harsh of a ride. Personally, I like the feeling of like bouncy, bouncy, bumpy, bumpy in a sports car. Yeah. The claim is that this one feels like really fast, but it's not. At mm. the end of the day, it only has five more horsepower than it did before. Mm. And if you want to make it faster, Subaru and Toyota have wonderful catalogs that you can raid. Yeah. With TRD and STI stuff fits great. Mm -hmm. There's also aftermarket support. I know that I was considering buying a long tube headers and a catless exhaust from Nameless. I thought about doing a supercharger kit from Sprintex. Willwood makes one too. I mean, it's you put money into it, you can make your car faster. Yeah. Not possible to do with the chassis. Right. The average do-it-yourselfer or average guy with money cannot put money into the car to make the chassis better. You just can't. 
the, the manufacturer you need does to know that a guy and there's a lot a lot of tuning in that you can make it harsher for sure oh yeah you can mess it's it up cold. real easy yeah. too <laughs> yeah. but it's much easier to make a car faster by doing the engine and that's why subaru will probably never make a turbocharged brz because you can always buy your own turbo and your own intercooler and you can mm. pay a guy to make it faster that's my opinion. Everybody, keep in mind, uh, I am a representative of Ken, <laughs> not a representative of Subaru corporate. These yeah. are my opinions, and I really do like the brand. Yeah, but isn't that kind of like leaving money on the table? No. Not at all? Because the amount of people who buy BRZs and GT86s is so small already globally mm. that if you were to make a GT86 GT or a BRZ GT, like six dudes are going to buy it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, those would be happy, six happy dudes. And yeah. all six of them will show up at the same show. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably, they'll probably eventually get in the same neighborhood and sort of like congregate. Yeah. I'm, I'm a member of some enthusiast clubs and every once in a while we'll see each other in public and be like, ah, ah. <laughs> we got a guy in the chat that says, I just joined and knew exactly which car you were talking about when you said it had five more horsepower than before. <laughs> that man has done his research. Well yeah. done, no name. <laughs> so... I, <laughs> one of us. Yeah. So I looked at, there's someone at my gym who has one of the newer, I think it's 2015 to 2017. I don't know which generation mm -hmm. it flips. Um, the new Outbacks are only slightly larger than the second gen Foresters and have sort of the same dimensions. That's right. So afterwards, if you don't mind, I know people are making fun of me in the comments because it all comes down to, does it have metal tie-down loops in the back? <laughs> do, do you know if it does? We'll look on the we'll, 18s. Okay, to see if it's there. Here's the thing about where the metal tie-down loops are. I want to make sure that they're actually mounted to the frame of the car rather than mounted to an ancillary mounting point. We, we found that out with the Crosstrek. Right. Crosstrek looks great. The mounting points are, push, are, are just push-fitted into the trim of the car they oh well they are robust keep that in mind there but they're not all the way down like the hard right. ones used to be right so it's, we got to take a look at the outback for that yeah the the way we do filming with rcr it's i've said this before but it's a uh tripod ratchet strapped hard down mm -hmm. and we had a um a the lancaster six uh subaru in new zealand as a camera yeah. car they call it something else here, where that's, they put the six cylinder and the flat. Yeah, it's the legacy with the, with the six in it. We have the we call it a three point six R. Okay, it's got like actually I should know the stats on this. It's got like two hundred and seventy something horsepower. Nice pushing around a two hundred and eighty torque, but it's a super duper gutsy feeling car. Mm -hmm. It's it's the instant wave of like push the throttle and sort of the car stands up and goes mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of fun for people i'd love to have a three six the um this one was a six cylinder outback bought in new zealand for one thousand five hundred dollars new zealand oh. which is one thousand three hundred dollars so yeah think about what a car is yeah. when it's that cheap that's great the uh it had warped rotors and everything isaac um shout out to isaac from uh, automation it was his that was his daily he says do whatever you want with this thing i don't care so that was our camera car, and that one had plastic tie-down loops. Was hard mounted to the frame, but they were still plastic. And they were—they I had half pulled one of them out just by lightly. I feel like you get squeaky strap. too. Like the plastic one would just start going. Eh, eh, yeah. Eh, eh, no matter what you do. Yeah. An interesting question. Uh, somebody, if you go up in the the comments, somebody suggested something to you about uh, alternative for tie-down loops. 
different mounting method. Um, Why not get some kind of spring-loaded mechanism? That one, yeah. Uh, to secure the tripod against the roof of the car. And yes, 2005 to 2009 Outbacks have metal tie-down straps. And sorry, I was off mic for the entirety of that. Mm. But hopefully uh, people saw Josh Ripses' comment in the chat. Yeah, uh, that's actually not a bad idea. There are mounting rigs for car roofs. Now, you're going to have to go through the headliner. Yes. You're going to have to cut the headliner to do yes, that. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, so what, the tripod's going to be upside down now? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's going to be a pain in the ass every day to, to rig that up. Um, one of the guys at Moyer's Car Care suggested either using eye bolts. Mm-hmm. Now, all of this is you're drilling through the floor. Right. Uh, eye bolts, or they do make aftermarket cargo loops, just the plain ones for pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. Now, that's either self-tappers that would go in, hold down the soup. But what I noticed with the uh, new Impreza platforms is that the floors down here, and this is probably uh, N- NHV, noise, harshness, vibration, that there's there's that block of foam, hard uh, open cell or closed cell. I don't it's know which cell. one. You got it. Um, uh, foam that holds the the, the toolkit and everything, mm-hmm. and then there's the floor on top of that. You would have to go through all of that and somehow put a gigantic spacer on that. Would that flex left and right as you put load on it? Because now your your mounting point is going to be down here, but your uh, point where it's going to pull is way up here. It's would I want to go and buy a brand new car and immediately start? voiding all sorts of warranties on it i mean it's a baller thing to do but mm. i still think that andy will find you like a, a 12 to 13 like a 11 to 13 forester stick shift i mean realistically how long if he keeps looking was sally even in our possession before You're right how long? she became unsellable or, or, or impossible to resell like a month yeah <laughs> now that was another five thousand dollar car and dynamat <laughs> oh yeah I, immediately put dynamat inside the car put extra 25 wait what do you see motor armies piece of plywood mount your rig to that put the whole thing in the hatch a few square feet of velcro, velcro on the floor, floor hold plywood it plywood just fine dude that man has made a pedal board before i'm sure <laughs> that is that is my shoegaze music exactly <laughs> But look, there's there are other mounting solutions. I wouldn't use Velcro. You could just barge cement a piece in there, and that's never coming out. You, there's you've got adhesives that you could. Mm. If you're going to void a warranty, you could void a warranty in a million different <laughs> ways. Mm. Um, right now, I mean, the Forester XT post facelift second gen bug hit me. Um, cool. That's really cool. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to look for, like, unless something comes out that's gives me that same... I've never owned a turbo or forced induction anything yet. So the thing that's going to replace Goldie, now that she's welded up, I'm having that car for at least another year, yeah. and I just put new tires on it. That's another thing I'm thinking in my head. I just put new tires on it. You, I want to wear those. You should tires. keep Goldie. Even if you get something new, <laughs> just keep it as, like, a spare thing. Because eventually you'll just want to put bigger suspension on it and take it mudding. I saw some pretty nice Subarus that were jacked up with the freaking Mickey Thompsons on them. I'm trying to score uh, 
anywhere from like 96 to 02 Forester suspension to put on my legacy wagon. Just yeah. Because so <laughs> it. apparently it's the same bolt pattern. Really? From what I've from what I've been told. Now I haven't confirmed this because I haven't gotten my car up on a lift and tried yet. Um, but they they look the same. Uh, does the angle of the uh, your half shafts is that going to be a problem? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Fuck it. Fuck it. All right. What am I, what am I driving? It's a 98 Legacy wagon. All right, yeah. With 357,000 miles on it. That's my winter car. Yeah. Maybe I'll buy there another one next year for another 150 bucks if I'm lucky. Ah. Uh, yeah, I love, I love beater cars. I, I think I, I grew up on beater cars mm. and tractors. I mean, that's, that's why I drove a stick shift early. Yeah. Yeah, it's just easier. But um, eventually, like, some of the people have some nice comments about different options for how you could do tie downs the guys magnetic tie down points electromagnets there's all kinds of things i'm getting crazy well but it's it wouldn't void a warranty because you that it wouldn't yeah it wouldn't have a hard point it would just be you turn it on and it's never coming off unless you're thor that's true chevy trailblazer or one of its Ew. related cousins Metal tie downs that can survive a strap no problem made until 09 option of blazer power in the rear liftgate glass opens independent of the tailgate oh, that's true mm, a trailblazer with maybe a 4l60e in it transmission just meh. trailblazer gotta get that ls power in yeah, there they did a the v8 model of the trailblazer is actually not terrible <laughs> three beards talking about subaru approaching peak hipster <laughs> and oh I, hold on yeah you take this to the next oh level? geez yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Can oh. this get any more Montpelier? <laughs> and I just overdosed on black tea, so I'm gonna be feeling this. Yeah. XC70. Yeah. There's, there's all Ola. these Volvo people Ola. wanting me to go Volvo. Volvos are nice. I had an old 240DL for a little while. Well, those are classic stuff. They want me to get something like mid 2000s the weird five cylinder turbos. I drove them. They're nice, but the thing is, I'm also looking now at what is my network in sort of this east central pa what, what about a van they did make the the only van that really grabs me mm -hmm. is the late 80s early 90s caravan you could get them in a stick shift mm -hmm. that big thing coming out i wouldn't I be had able a to... 1990 dodge caravan with a stick Whoa, where'd you, school. where'd you, was that parents or? Yeah, my dad bought it for me when I was in high school. That was what I, that's what I took my driving test in. Stick shift minivan. Yeah, we turned it into, me and my buddies turned it into a living room on wheels. Tore up the middle <laughs> seat, put a little four inch black and white TV in that ran off the, the AC adapter, put a plant in, Venetian blinds. Nice. I rigged up a big old subwoofer that I bought on eBay. And nice. Because I was a sophomore with a car, some seniors broke into it and vandalized the interior of my car and no. put out a bunch of cigarettes in the plant and smashed one of the windows. And that, oh. I parted out the van for $300. Hmm. And People my dad, suck, man. Well, my dad spent 400 on it and he was a little annoyed that I lost 100 bucks on my car. Yeah. But mm. that was 16 years old. Good times to be alive. Yeah, yeah well, hey, man, you... Don't, no, don't, no, park, no. don't park in the senior parking lot as a sophomore and then tout the fact that you're driving when nobody else is. Oh, you're yeah. just looking for hate. Yeah, but yeah, don't get butt mad about like everything. Like it, if you're a senior. They smash the windows? Smash the rear window. What the hell? I'm, I'm pretty sure that they were horsing around inside of it and something just got thrown or broken. Because uh. I left it unlocked. They didn't need to smash it to get into it. That is true. Uh... 
Uh, Dragon Mazda? Head said Mazda did do a minivan. I saw that. Oh. I forget the name. What it is? It's a Mazda something something. Th there is there is a Mazda station wagon. This is a good luck finding one. Yeah. Um. Of course, I did see one on one of those li the the little the little used car dealerships on sixty one. Mm -hmm. Like there's a strip of them right before you come into Leesport. The MPV. Yep. People in the comments now. Yeah. yeah. There's also. Uh, they did a Mazda 6 GT wagon uh, in the mid-2000s. That's a Mazda 6 with a Ford uh, Duratec 3-liter uh, double-cam V6 in Whoa. it. With a st and you could get it with a stick shift. I think it's driving the front wheel still. Or maybe they had some weird Ford all-wheel drive. No, it's got to be, be front. They only did a front different oh, yeah? I think, in that era. Okay. I could be wrong. Again, my... Subaru guy, not a Mazda guy. The Mazda <laughs> Speed 6 was all-wheel drive. That's the speed, though. We're yeah. We're talking the yeah. different car. Yeah. The Mazda 6 wagon, you could find it with a stick. You go on Auto Tempest, and Chevy hopefully Astro Auto... Chevy van with a Tremec T5. <laughs> sequential gearbox and a Chevy Astro Oh, van. shut up. <laughs> and an 8-inch eight, eight lift with good, hey. good reaches on it. Um, uh. Actually, I'm, I want to ask a question to the, the commenters out there. Okay. If somebody was going to like actually think about this for a second, have a camera car for whatever they needed, it's got to be able to, to haul gear. Mm -hmm. It's got to be able to get reasonable mileage. You can't be doing like a Suburban that only gets six miles per yeah. gallon. It's got to be safe enough that if you know something goes wrong with it, you don't die. So right. you've got to take anything pre-1950s out of the equation. Yeah. And so commenters, is there it's anything gotta be, like, It's got to be 2004 or newer because for helping my loneliness and social mm. interaction i drive lyft mm, so the go. rule in pennsylvania is 2004 or newer so and it has to be stick shift we already yep. said we have this big laundry list of things yeah. and the thing that and i i'm it has to be a wagon or, or something with a flat rear right. and it has to fit that tripod in the back and it has to have metal tie down loops or an equivalent that'll hold something range rover um, rav4 VW Vanagon. <laughs> nice. Actually, Toyota Previa. Honda Element. Everybody said the Previa it, it didn't make the it. The Honda Element wouldn't be terrible. They did make it with a stick shift. Yeah. You could get all of this. It's and drugs. It's slow drugs. and boring. And I mean, it's a cardboard box on wheels, but it's a good cardboard box on wheels. I like the Element. I mean, it kind of yeah, ties into a question that we got on the subreddit r slash regular car reviews uh, that it's this guy and his girlfriend are looking for inexpensive cameras to start with. And oh, wait, no, never mind, because they're talking about cameras, not camera cars. Uh, All right. That's my mistake. Everybody. Tell them to use their cell phones. They, yeah. What? Are you buying an SLR, like camera? Like you need to be yeah. more specific on Because they're saying looking for your input on inexpensive cameras to start with. My girlfriend and I are looking at getting into photography and don't really know where to okay, start. Okay, photography. Yeah, so <laughs> that was Nikon my... Nikon or Canon would be fine. Yeah. Nikon or Canon. Um, you're going to want... Uh, I wouldn't say start with full frame because now you're talking about a camera that's a couple thousand bucks. Mm -hmm. Go on Craigslist. I use honestly, dude. Honestly, dude. If you can find, this is only going to be a six megapixel camera, so that's going to be sound. That's that's going to sound like, oh, my phone has more than that. Yeah, hold on. There's one camera that Nikon made. It's called the D50. Uh, the D50 was the first camera that Nikon made that used an SD card. Now this is like 2000 and 2005. 
you can probably buy them for like a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. The unique thing about um, the D fifty is it has it will it's backwards compatible with all of the old uh, motor drive lenses. So it has a really? motor drive and a screw within the camera. There's a motor in the camera that will operate the old autofocus lenses going all the way back to the sixties. Those early ones. Uh, so you could D5? put a you could Nikon D fifty. D fifty, okay. D fifty. And you can put a modern one on. I'm making a note of that. My that has the the you know all modern yeah. automatic uh, focusing lenses have the motor in the lens. Right. And it's just a computer thing that that hooks up, and your modern lenses will work. But if you get an old one that has the gears in it that requires the camera to power to physically, it's like a little diff that yeah. comes out. It's a little screw. And it mates up with the one in it's in the a lens. Line shaft that still turns it. It's yeah. exactly that. Yeah. The D fifty knows which one it is, clicks it on. Actually, there's there's two switches. There, there's an automatic focus on the camera, and then there's another one on the lens, and they'll both work. So you can put you can put both of them on there, and it'll work. Wow. Super super cheap. You'll probably find one guy selling one for like. You can get with like I bought mine for three hundred bucks and it came with an extra lens and all the other old stuff. Um, Mirrorless cameras, top. Uh, two hundred. You can T five for that. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I gave you my opinion. That's my opinion because the D fifty like is going to teach you a lot. It's the equivalent of what motor shy, motorcycle should I get? <sighs> you got to buy your two fifty. That's going to teach you how how to ride a motorcycle. Don't get your yamaha r6 don't get i wouldn't even get a 500 unless you're getting the suzuki s what is it the x s60 boulevard or uh suzuki savage s or if you weigh more than 200 pounds Th- don't there you get go a, don't get a lightweight for those of you who do ride don't get a lightweight bike if you weigh a lot yeah mm. um honestly <laughs> the harley 83 sportster isn't isn't bad it's a pretty good first bike anyway um, we've been going about for an hour. The coffee's still working. Family truckster. Oh, yeah, right. I um, I'll plug something if you guys don't mind. Yeah, go ahead and plug something. I'm cool. going to fill up on the yeah. right there. Well, Brian wanders off to go get his refreshments. I just want to talk about something real quick. Being that this is a professional car dealership and that we are trying to do what's right by our community, working with YouTubers like Brian is really nice for us. This has been the first time that we've been able to do something like this and it does take reaching out so for anyone else out there who does car reviews is interested in subarus and is willing to give a nice family business a fair try you can visit our website it is moyersubaru.com you can send me personally an email it is ken k-e-n dot v-e-i-t V-E-I-T, at steve moyersubaru.com we have lots of charitable events that you can ask questions about that we do And really, it's cool that we can have the ability to bring in people like this and that the owners and general managers are all right with us having an hour-long talk about things that aren't necessarily selling a car because we know that the community we serve cares. So if you're ever in the neighborhood of Leesport, Pennsylvania, and you'd like to stop in and look at what we have in our inventory, or if you visit our website, or if we redirect any of the cool content that Mr. Regular here makes, We have our own social media, we do giveaways, but also we try really hard to make sure that we're doing proper outreach to local schools, local hospitals, and other organizations. 
And if you're in the Reading, Pennsylvania area, Greater Berks County, Pennsylvania, please consider coming out to our car show for charity. It'll be um, October the 7th this year, and all of the information can be found on Subibash. Just Google Subibash, find it on Facebook, and I really do appreciate that time. Thanks for listening to me, everybody. Cool. That was a good plug. Yeah, that's very well said. Um, Gosh, there was other stuff I wanted to uh, trying to get your opinion on. It keeps coming back to um, the world platform with uh, Subaru and how when I was driving that uh, 2018 Impreza for a few days, th- there were bits of the old goofy Subaru-ness about it, but there was also... Um, oh, gosh, what's what's my joke? Uh, well, I remember you told me that if Subaru had built this car 10 years ago at the beginning of the 2000s, yeah. or 20 years ago at the beginning of the 2000s, we'd be half as big as Toyota already instead of just 5% of the global car market. Yeah, okay, what's my joke? Like, it, and it'll work in Subaru's favor. Like, uh, can, oh yeah, here's the joke. Uh, uh, 2018 Subaru Impreza. Congratulations, Subaru. You made a Mazda 3. But okay, mm-hmm. um, but, but that's with, the, but with all-wheel drive and a five-star safety rating for under twenty grand. Right, that's the thing. Yeah, you like, can't get that from Mazda for that price. Right, like it felt. I I had this really, and this is before I owned a Subaru. I got into I forget. People can tell me what year it was. It might have been like a twenty fifteen WRX sedan. That's nice. And I said it was nice, but where's the craziness? Like it. Now I understand what they were starting to do then. Um, yep. They were, and I used this term before, preaching to the choir. Like Subarus were weird. Embrace the weirdness. Mm-hmm. Embrace the harshness of the noise. Embrace the growl. Em- embrace the head gaskets and everything yep. like that. And I'm like, my joke was, oh, congratulations, Subaru. You made a Camry. This doesn't feel like a Subaru. I'm like, oh, there actually is a plan for this. Yeah. We can't keep. We can't keep delivering deep cuts to uh to our local fan base that's not keeping the lights on we need uh i need like like a musical uh uh introduction like you can't you you can't be playing zwan all the time like you need to go back to like melancholy and the infinite sadness shit that was oh that's that is a real deep okay (laughs) yeah it's you well i mean it's you smashing pumpkins reference from the 90s yeah There are uh, some people, uh, this old rock and roll guy by the name of Ricky Nelson, who tried to play his new stuff, and, you know, people weren't hey, having it. the guy it. who did Garden Party? Yep. Okay. He was like a teen idol guy and had all his, you know, little teen hits, and then he decided, oh, I'm going to play, like, my mature stuff, and people were like, we're not here for it. It's mm-hmm. just, we're, no. <laughs> I've often thought that if Subaru made some different choices as a company, they'd stop being Subaru. Mm-hmm. Subaru of America is really picky about how they run their business. Mm-hmm. The current president of Subaru America, Tom Dahl, is essentially a Subaru fanboy who's been with the company a long time and mm-hmm. still eats his lunch in the cafeteria with the rest of the staff. Mm. Now that the offices are moving to Camden... You can see it from the sports complex in Philly. Mm-hmm. You can just look across the river and there's Subaru. They they try to feel local even though they're a 
large Japanese conglomerate. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, when we have the folks from Japan come visit our dealership, they say hello and they shake hands and they talk to you and they actually care about what's going on because mm-hmm. every single dealership, with the exception of the giant, you know, monster ones that just focus on volume, are there to just help people get good cars. Mm-hmm. They do try to turn a profit, but they're just there to be helpful. Right. And that's kind of the reason why Subaru still feels different than when you go to like a Toyota dealership and they just go, hey, we will give you the best price. And Subaru goes, well, we'll give you the best price, but it's going to be a little more because there's a lot of stuff on it that's worth that. Right. And you need to find a way or you need to. And the new global platform and the new engine is, uh, see, you see, when I write, I have a very difficult time doing it riffing right away mm-hmm. um this has to be a product for people who don't who aren't fanboys of subaru right um you need to get people who may have had hondas for a long time or toyotas to consider the last of the independence yes to try to try this this is not like you you put somebody <laughs> Like if you put somebody in an RS from like like two thousand one, oh, not the same car. They're like this. I don't like this. Why is this shaking? What's yeah. this noise? I'm like this loud. But but for us, like this is awesome. I know. Blah blah. Like blah, 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 blah. everywhere. But if I could have a two point five RS, <laughs> I had a two point two RS for a couple of years. That was nice. Mm-hmm. But but here's a Subaru that. Here's a product from an independent manufacturer that feels like what you're used to. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh... try the Crosstrek for anybody out there who's thinking that Brian is just waxing lyrical about how nice it is and hoping that I give him more loaner cars. Meh. It's not. It's Part actually it. legitimately really nice. Um, Consumer Reports, who used to hate on Subaru. They gave the Crosstrek an 87 out of 100 on their road test, which if you know Consumer Reports, that's really high. Mm-hmm. They, uh, USA Today called it cool. A Subaru hasn't been cool since the first WRX got here. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like an 01 WRX. That was yeah. the last cool uh, Subaru. With the one in Fast and Furious or whatever. That's only but, cool if you like Fast and Furious. Yeah. There's, there's like the undeniably cool late 90s look of that boxy little thing that Colin McRae would thrash around. Yeah. yeah. Even though it wasn't that great of a car, it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah, but it was that oh, was kind just... of thing where everybody kind of wanted one. It's the movie that you had to lie about having seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like Men in Black. Like that summer, I did not see Men in Black and had to pretend and lie for like two years that I'd seen Men in Black. And it was the same garbage with Fast and the Furious. I'm, I'm sure it was a great movie. The first Fast and Furious was a cool movie. Yeah, but eh. very of its time. I mean, I've seen Men in Black and the first Fast and Furious since then, and Too Fast, Too Furious. But everything else, no dice. Have you seen Two Men in Black? Oh, uh, Two Men in Black. Men in Black Two. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it was doing like a yeah. No, no. Funnily enough, I didn't, but I saw the third one. So, um, in reference to when you move to Colorado, you get a free Subi when you realize that normally aspirated cars don't work at elevation. Yeah, yeah. We we found out that we found out that out. We found that. Oh, a a flat joke. I love it. Uh, Let let the puns begin. mm. 
Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Silicon Sally ran like crap when we were in Boulder. We were yeah, already all 30 horsepower at, at that point. Like, just give me a freaking WRX at this point. Give me something that's shoving air in. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Subaru so Loyal. Oh, yeah. The Loyal was cool. Uh, we had a one of the staff drove an 84 Loyal stick shift <laughs> with the button that you could press on the, oh, on the, the lever to the gear lever to mm-hmm. uh, engage the all wheel drive. That was super cool. Mm. Okay, we've been going for about an, an hour 15 now. We're probably I gonna really like the chat. These people have asked some phenomenal questions. To everybody out there, you guys have been really, really cool. It's nice to yeah. read your comments. There was one guy, now that I said I'm looking for a post-facelift, second-gen Forrester XT, some of them showed up in Colorado. The trick is for we have to find one that's south or southwest. Mm-hmm. There's just no two ways about it. Um, Pennsylvania, we talked about the the porous seam sealer and then but then on throw a pennsylvania new england winner on top of that with the salt and everything that just wrecks it further so if you can find one they say colorado's winters are dry you you'd be good there ideally ideally, just find one that someone has cared for yeah it doesn't matter if you're in subaru of new england subaru of canada Mm -hmm. subaru of america those are three separate subarus by the way okay if the person has garaged their car and washed it and cleaned it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many hundreds of thousands of miles on it if they've changed their oil regularly and had the gaskets replaced when necessary. It's, I mean, I'm pretty sure that my old green 90, 98 will crack 400K and I think I'm like the fifth owner of it. So it's just a proper maintenance. You don't have to spend much on your cars if you maintain them well. Right. And Subarus being sort of built like rock boxes tend to be like rocks. <laughs> They're solid. Racing three, I potted Nick's mic down a little bit. Yeah, I think it's just that my mic discipline is garbage. You would think doing like radio at Kutztown by now that I would have, you know, understood. Understood the four. Fingers. Yeah, the four oh, fingers. Yeah. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I've you, seen people do that, and I never knew what they were doing. You set you set uh, this distance away from the mic and pot from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're what this allows, like the closer you get to the mic the more you can pot it down and the mm-hmm. less the mic will hear of the room tone. Right. Of course, if you get too close, you're going to pop like crazy unless you have a big mic muff and a pop filter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you see people um, with the Sure, the, the, the tried and true Sure SM58 mic um, in on stage. They're, they're eating the mic. Um, that's because that mic is potted down so low, it's only hearing Right, so it doesn't pick this. up the rest of the stage. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Your dealership used to have a red Toyota Avalon, and I'm drooling. Too bad I'm halfway across the country. Love full-size. Huh? Hmm. Oh. Some, I don't know. Were you on Auto Tempest or something like that? Hey, we, we have awesome trade-ins. We're very picky about what we trade in, mm-hmm. and we tend to keep things on our lot that are above $10,000 in value and resell them. So if you're looking for a very, very nice pre-owned car, that's what we have in our pre-owned inventory. Uh, we got the new Forester Stay. The Forester is different now. It's it's a family SUV. It's, yeah. It's, it's if a, you want a fast, big SUV, you're going to want to either go with the full-size Ascent or the Outback 3.6 or a late model XT. Mm-hmm. Late model XTs are so much fun. Mm-hmm. This yeah. guy has a question about his Subaru 
just got an 18 WRX and I'm seeing people having issues with an oil sludge buildup on the intake runner. Is this still slash really an issue on this platform or has it been fixed? It's not really that big of an issue. If people are getting that level of sludge building up, they should really take their car to their dealers, talk to the people who actually service their cars about what they can do to prevent that type of buildup. A lot of it has to do with which oils you're using and you should be using what the factory recommends, which is on most Subarus a zero W20 full synthetic. That's that's thin. It's mm. super thin. The yeah. tolerances are so small, it needs to be extremely viscous to get in there. And mm -hmm. also because people drive their Subarus at all different temperatures, you need to be able to do cold starts and still mm. have the oil get in there. Also with it being a 6,000 mile interval, they're right on with your tire rotations. So okay. mm. rotate your tires and change your oils on your Subarus every 6K or sooner. That's just standard practice, and they'll run forever. How many 2.2s are still out there and Tons. coming in still? Yeah, Tons. People love their 2.2s. No one wants to trade them in because they just end up... What happens is somebody keeps their 2.2 from like 97, <laughs> and then they end up buying a 2018 Crosstrek as a second car for... It. The, the resale value of a 2.2 on the trade-in market is not great because a lot of people have manipulated them heavily. Mm-hmm. It's a love thing. People yeah. love to change their cars. <laughs> and so you can't get a lot of money as a trade-in on an old 200,000-mile 2.2 that yeah. you've swapped out everything twice. Right. So just keep it. Have it as a good, reliable beater. Yeah. Get a new car. Drive that thing until it's until yeah. it doesn't pass inspection no matter what you'll do. Right. And, and then it's a farm a... car. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and yeah, then that's exactly. it. They're great. There's nothing better than an old Outback or an old Forester for a farm truck. Benjamin said, are the non-turbo EJ20s, I'm pretty sure that's what they're referring yep. to, the new one, okay. are they gonna be more reliable than the EJ25s that, that, that exist? Yes and no. Okay. Um, reliability comes down to how you treat your car. If you don't change your oil and you don't rotate your tires and you don't properly maintain your car, no cars are reliable. Is it more reliable out of the box? Yeah, just change your oil. It's a newer engine. It's going to be a more reliable thing. Mm -hmm. They've all the all the improvements that are made over time. Every major company like Subaru spends all this money on research and development because they're listening to people's suggestions and they're trying to make a better product so more people will buy them. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they want to sell these products to people. And yes, it should be more reliable. What I've found is my FA20 engine in my BRZ is probably my favorite Subaru engine ever. I, I love the way it sounds. I love the way it revs. It's a cool little engine. It's tiny. <laughs> it's 86 millimeter bore and stroke. It's the <laughs> smallest little block I've ever seen. And it sits back behind my, my front suspension with the transmission sitting basically in my car. It's a great little design. Are we going to, someone asked a question. I'm going to ask a better one. I mean, not to <laughs> knock that. I can see what, I can see what you're asking. Well, you asked a yeah. yes or no question. The answer is and yes and no. Yeah. Is a, is a diesel a good engine? Well, it's yes. it's a different kind of engine that does different things that a petrol engine doesn't. Yeah, they run, they run at a lower rate of rotations per minute, and they run on chunkier, thicker fuel. Right. The Are we ever... What, what is the <laughs> EE20? I don't know. Oh, that's the, um, that's the, I think the car, the engine that's in the, the 202, the, the fast one from Japan. No, oh. I don't, I don't think we're going to get that one. Somebody asked if Subaru was a classic novel, which would it be? Uh, okay. Um, it's going to have to be something. It's going to be a novel that it doesn't get good until halfway through. Don Quixote. Um, ooh, interesting. Never took Spanish, so I never had to read that book, and I never did. 
<laughs> he's a crazy guy who wanders around having visions of or delusions of grandeur and yet he still ends up doing the right thing and saving mm. and being helpful yeah. i was thinking more tess of the derbervilles Not where as uh, poor girl and then you know her life sort of goes to ruin okay yeah that's a bad example uh do choose your own adventure novels count because <laughs> i feel sometimes subarus want to be all things to all demographics in a way and which is fine and a great thing but i'm trying to think of that catch-all novel subarus are about survival as Subarus, this is some guy in the comments had always the question that everybody asked, why, what's what's up with the boxer engine? And there's bro science that goes into it, but it's also, look, this is this is what we got and we're sticking to it, is my interpretation of it. Yes, the, yes, there is a get the lower weight and then you get the drive shaft and everything's all in a line and that's more efficient for all wheel drive. But it's an odd thing. It's just like, who's doing this besides this and Porsche and... Mm-hmm. You're working. You're working with what you have, and you don't have much compared to all the larger dealerships. It's, and this is a weird amalgamation of parts, and you're making it work. And once you learn what you have, the entire experience isn't that complicated. Right. And the, and the novel that a Subaru is, and it's easy to understand. It's either easier to understand once you read everything, <laughs> and um, it's it's. I'm gonna go with a young adult novel, hmm. uh, Hatchet by Gary Paulson. Oh, um, actually, yes. Have you read that? I have. Uh, yeah. I was gonna jokingly say Lost on a Mountain in Maine, the Don Fendler story, <laughs> but that's not quite a classic. Hatchet's a damn good book. Yeah. Easy read. Um, most people know about it, and also, and another thing that's probably making me keep with Subaru is that every single problem that they had has been well documented, and the forums are amazing. The another yeah. thing that we don't talk about is that the community that surrounds almost an. Um, Honda has their fanboys for just for particular vehicles, but Subaru the fandom encompasses the entire line, and probably because you got what like three engines or something like that. Or now with the world car, with the world platform, you got the new EJ20, which is the two liter. I and, believe and, there's six engines on the planet oh, really? currently oh. because we only get three, maybe four of them in North America. Oh, there's okay. a couple that are Japanese only. They make a 1.6 liter diesel, I think, mm. for Canada. Um, they make a 1.2 liter diesel, or not diesel, but a 1.2 liter turbo uh, for the key car or K car, however you pronounce that, for mm. Japan. Yeah, here... The next big thing is going to be the engine in the ascent, which is, I think, a 2.4 bi turbo. Uh, so sequential or? Should be uh, twin scroll. So one spools up and stays spooling while the other spools up, and then that one stops while that one's spooling. Oh, okay. Mm. It's going to be computer controlled. Okay. So the goal is that you have, no matter where you put your right foot, you have mm. maximum efficiency. So even if you huh. mat it to the floor because you're driving up a 33 degree hill while you're towing a boat. Uh-huh the car will still give you maximum power, but try to maintain efficiency and not drop down to like two miles per gallon. Okay. So instead it sounds of like easy. something I'd try to make an automation and somehow there would be like, oh, there's n- too much knock now. Yeah. Or just, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying very, very hard to make sure that the ascent is perfect because it's going to have to fight the pilot, mm-hmm. the Highlander, 
Mm. It's, I mean, I've heard some people talk about how it's going to cut into our Outback sales. And I disagree because Outbacks are still Outbacks. Outbacks is a five seat wagon, 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 wagon people, UV. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're amazing. It's an SUV capable thing that feels like you're driving a car. Mm-hmm. The Ascent is a true big ass SUV and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's got something like, like eight USB uh, charge points on it. So everybody can have their own nice. charger. There's an in-car Wi-Fi option. They've got like 19 cup holders hidden throughout the car for yeah. eight people. So everybody can have more than two drinks because yeah. America. The Outback is a good man is hard to find by Flannery O'Connor. <laughs> it's just it seems to be one thing, but it's also this other thing that drives into a culture that is not always seen as ideal no but now granted that's like every co- like if you look at ford culture holders. thank yeah. you 17 yeah for eight people that's perfect <laughs> okay um uh i have something to do at four o'clock we've got to break all this stuff down uh thank, thank you, you so guys. much uh for everybody uh we'll hang out here for like a couple more minutes like three more minutes if you have any last minute questions we can answer quickly um before we go uh i'm brian i'm ken i'm nick uh, this is the first regular that? car reviews uh, podcast at Steve Morris Subaru. I'm up for doing this again. Me too. If, yeah, this is delightful. This good. I think that if we have the opportunity after I speak with management and the owners and see how they think of this and everything, because this really was a grand experiment that they allowed us to do today. Okay. Yeah. We'll take I, a look at the analytics afterwards. Exactly. And you'll have some numbers for them. Um, also, I'd like to say hopefully Brian will put my contact information and our dealership links and everything into the info. I will be linking all of his we'll stuff in the into yeah. our social media. So if you find yourself in a Steve Moyer thing, you can also redirect yourself back to regular car reviews. Yeah. Um, man, no, re- no real questions coming in. Why don't Subaru make, why don't Subaru make a WRX with a, a coupe? Why is the, oh, WRX coupe. Oh, you want, you want it to be 1998 again. Hey, Madden, Don't we Madden all? Madden Williams. Uh, Google the Visiv. The, Google the Visiv. Subaru V-I-Z-I-V. Visiv is their uh, concept car line. You'll be able to see what they're working on. And there is a two-door coupe style sports car in there. If you want one, go get a BRZ and then turbocharge it yourself. Um, you should. Oh, man. When we were in New Zealand, it was all like 90 Subarus. And they were all stuff they brought in from Japan. My people. And no one cared i'm seeing all the i'm seeing those wrx wagons that we never got mm-hmm. and you know how much they cost three thousand dollars can you import them to here yeah well 25 year rule not time yet okay so mm-hmm. we have a little 98. more to wait oh but they're all down there no one gives a shit freaking and oh and I might never second generation uh, Subaru Forester STI oh, that they freaking made. Oh my god! It's an STI yes. driveline. I know. Fucking find the came right now, and we didn't get them. Subaru, we didn't get them. We didn't get them, and we didn't get them, and we didn't get them, and we didn't get them. Fade out. Lexus S300 Toyota Sora review. Yeah, I'll do one of those. Uh, I want a Sky. I want a Supra, but I can't. And my mom won't let me. Build your dream Subaru. What would it be? It would be a 22B. Built out of 22B parts <laughs> from the factory. Subreddit question quick. Uh, which would be worse for a cross-country road trip, at least a 1,000 miles? A third-gen Chevy C10 with a straight six and a three on the tree shifter or a 1988 Dodge Shadow automatic? Shadow. Shadow. 
Yeah, the shadow the shadow, shadow will break your hips. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a, a C10 pickup. They're all right. Yeah, that's I mean, a, that's a highway cruiser. You'd be fine with a three speed in that. Yeah. The I mean, you might be tacked up high. You might be sucking gas, but those things ride okay and be a little bit crashy. Like like um, I'm fond of '90s. Uh, um. Uh. Ow. Oh, Chrysler. But uh, hey, uh, for anything under any six thousand dollar Subaru. Just make sure that it has, if it's over 150,000 miles, it's had its uh, timing belt replaced already and the head gasket looked at. Yeah. And while they're in there, they can probably do the water pump. That's it. Like, uh, and Bruce Hen has it down to a science. Like most most independent dealerships, if, in dealerships, even mechanics mm-hmm. who are good, um, uh, I can recommend uh, Justin Kramer up at Catasauqua Auto Repair. He says, I'm, I can have a Subaru engine out in 45 minutes. Just, mm-hmm. and, and and he said, if I did Subarus all day long, I wouldn't care because mm-hmm. I have it down to a rhythm, yeah. like just doing that service. Um, We've got a army and of, of course master here. technicians yeah. Yeah. who do that exact thing. The only difference is they go to Subaru for certification on it, and they get basically like doctorates of Subaru mm-hmm. after a decade of learning. Well, you have people saying the Accord wagon. Yeah, I mm-hmm. love the Accord wagon. Yeah, that's the cross tour now, right? The uh, Honda cross tour. It's the, it's the Accord platform, but a wagon. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know if they make Electric, it still. I don't but know. That's what it was. Then, um, uh, but again, yeah, that thing was 90s, and I can't drive Lyft. And that. then absolute last uh, subreddit question, anyway. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like the Buick 3.8 and the Commodores? A scale of 1 to 10, how much do I like them? Uh, all right. They're okay. It's a 5. It's it's. I don't think about that engine, and that was kind of the point of a 3.8. Yeah, it w- it was your meat and potatoes V six. It doesn't make a good sound. It's an <laughs> engine you ignore, and that's kind of it. It it it's a stopgap between whatever four cylinder they had, and at that time in the mid nineties, before the LS came out, they and they were still running uh, the the three fifty small block in stuff it was just it was a stopgap engine it had its it had its day in the 80s and there it's continuing into the late 90s no one cares yeah sharp it's 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 fine it's okay it's an engine whatever sharpest possible left turn from the century v12 better yeah Mm. okay guys uh thank you for watching this uh we're gonna break this down thanks once again to uh ken last name Ken Veet, uh, marketing at Steve Moore Subaru. And also thank you very much to people at Steve Moore Subaru for letting us uh, broadcast here. Uh, Hopefully we'll see more of this. Have a good day. Have a good day, guys. See you later. Bye.